Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. Our desire is to help people understand God's intention for their life. We hope wherever you're listening, you are blessed by this week's message. I want to talk to you today about the presence of God. Uh, that's what the Lord has put in my heart to share with you today about God's presence. And um, some people, they, they struggle with experiencing God's presence in a real way. They, experience, they, 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 they hear other people talk about the presence of God and God spoke to me and God said this and God revealed this to me and, and God did this and God did that. And they're like, I want to experience God's presence as well. And I want you to know that that is something that you can experience. And I want to share with you in John chapter 14, verses 15 to 18. This is a very intimate time, a time where Jesus is really doing what we just did. He's having communion. He's having dinner with uh, his disciples, and he's explaining to them some things that will take place. He begins to share with them some last-minute instructions, and he begins to kind of comfort their heart. He begins to tell them, listen, I'm not going to be here for much longer, but don't worry. You know, he begins to give them some promises. And so in John chapter 14, looking at verses 15, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And he says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. He will give you another helper. Now, that word another means another of the same kind. That means everything that Jesus was, he's saying, I'm going to give you another of me. (laughs) In other words, not a different one, because sometimes you could use the word another to mean a different one. Like, no, I don't want that one. I want another one, right? Not that kind of another. Another meaning another of the same kind. And so Jesus is comforting his disciples. He says, listen, I'm not going to be here much longer, but don't worry. I'm going to send you another one of me. that he may abide with you forever. For the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. I want you to know something very simply. He dwells with you. The presence of God, the Holy Spirit himself, dwells with you. Right now, in your living room, your kitchen, your bedroom, wherever you are watching, do you realize that he is dwelling there as well? So when you were in quarantine, I know quarantine is sort of slowly lifting. Jesus was in quarantine with you, right? I want you to really think about that. When you are maybe navigating a distressful moment, Jesus is there with you. Jesus is not there just to take you out of things that are undesirable. He's there in the undesirable. He's there in the moment of distress. He's feeling everything you feel. And that's very, very important to understand that because sometimes we see ourselves as in a moment, in a space, in a time, and we're asking the Lord to intervene in that space, pluck us out or change something, and then go back to being God, and then I can go back to living the life that I live. But I want you to know something, that God is actually there with you, experiencing everything you're experiencing. I remember one time I was praying, and um, I was just releasing my heart to the Lord about 
just a painful situation that I was going through at the moment. And I was explaining to the Lord, Lord, I know this is going to turn around. And when this turns around, I'm going to give you the glory. I'm going to be so excited. I'm going to make sure that I, I, I testify of your goodness. And the Lord stopped me and showed me, no, no, no. I want you to understand that this painful story is also my story, right? I'm not disconnected from the pain that you feel. I'm not disconnected from the moment you're in. I'm not disconnected. I'm there and I'm feeling it and I can sense what you sense. I can experience what you experience and I want you to know I'm with you. So think about it. Jesus was there physically with the disciples and he's telling them, listen guys, I'm leaving but I'm going to send you another one, another one like me. So everything that I was able to do, touch you, feel you, hear you, commune with you, everything that I was able to provide for you, this other one, <laughs> I'm saying it that way for emphasis because I want you to understand, this is what Jesus was saying, the Holy Spirit, he will provide exactly what I'm providing you. That's what I want you to realize. He will provide you what I'm giving you, and he will dwell with you. And then he says this in verse 18, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I'm talking John 14, 15 to 18. If you didn't catch that, that's a very powerful reference. John 14, 15 to 18. And in verse 18, he says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. You know, in this period of time that we're all living in, in America and even globally, we see the tensions, the social tensions, the social injustices. We see the protests. We see the outcry. We see the anger. We see the pain. We see the fear. We see all of this. And it, all of it is good to see. This is part of our humanity. This is nothing to be disconnected from. And I want you to understand something that as we are feeling all that we're feeling, God feels it too. He feels it too. And you may say, well, why is that such good news? It's good news because he can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He can relate to you, in other words. He relates to what you're going through. And he's with you. And he will bring you out. He will cause you to be comforted. He will help you. All of this is by way of his spirit. That's why we celebrate his presence today. The presence of God is with you today. And I just sense in my spirit that some of you, you've been too carnally minded. You've been thinking too fleshly. And I don't mean necessarily sinful, all right? I just mean carnal. Carnal means the things of the flesh. You've been thinking too natural. And you're not perceiving beyond the moment, beyond what's happening, beyond what you're feeling. Because your feelings are important. God feels it, but you cannot be governed by them. There is something beyond what you're experiencing. And how do you tap into that reality? That reality is tapped into by the portal of God's presence. God's presence brings you into a greater reality of what's actually happening. And there's two things happening here. There's things happening to you personally, and there are things happening to this world at large. I want to talk to you about you because I believe that God is interested in you. He wants social justice more than you want it, no question about it. He wants this pandemic to be completely obliterated more than you want it. Don't, don't even doubt that. But in all of this, he wants you. He wants you. You are the prized possession. Your heart is God's prized possession. 
where you are in him is the prized possession. So while there are things moving and shifting and things are just kind of up and down, where are you? Where are you and where is God in this moment in your life? And I want to refocus your attention to the presence of God because it's at that place that everything good sprouts. It's at that place everything peaceful comes about. It's at that place that you are built up to do all that God has called you to do and to solve problems that we have in our world. It's at that place that you can be the church. So I want to just focus your attention right back again to the presence of the Lord. I want you to focus your heart back onto what Jesus is saying to you. What does this moment mean to you? Because listen, we can be upset, we can be angry, we can cry out, and that's great. But in the end, where are you? Where are you? Here's another scripture found in John 14, same chapter, verses 25 to 27. Jesus is still speaking. He says, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. So what does the presence of God do? He teaches. The Holy Spirit teaches you. He teaches you all things. So what do you need to be taught right now? What is it that you need to learn right now? See, if we're carnally minded, we won't look for those lessons. If we're carnally minded, we'll just be passionate and angry, and all of that is good. Hear me very clearly, right? Because we need to show passion. We need to show holy anger. We need to be out there making our voices known. 100%. So continue to do it. But in doing it, what are you learning? Are you learning anything from God? Is your heart open to his presence? Are you remaining teachable? Are you remaining humble? Are you allowing God the space and time to weigh in your heart and to redirect how you move about? Or are you just going with the tide, going with the flow, going with the wave, going with what everybody else is doing and saying, where are you and what are you learning in this moment from God? Because this is Jesus' promise. He's saying to you, he will teach you all things. This is why he's here. This is why he's in your heart. This is why you have Jesus in your life, the Spirit of Christ. He's there to teach you. Man, I want you to know right now, this is a moment to learn. This is a moment to grow. This is a moment to hear the voice of God. This is a moment to know to know what he is saying, to know what he is doing. And if you don't, you will find yourself just being moved by every news clipping, every social media uh, 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 post, moved by every circumstance. You'll be moved. And some of it will be good, some of it will be not so good, but you'll just constantly move. And at the end of the day, when all is settled, when when, when things begin to settle or when you get tired and when you get tired and you just feel like you need to unplug and you, you, just, you, you just feel like, you know, whatever you feel like, the question will remain, what have you learned? What is God saying to you? Have you given him space to weigh into your heart? Have you given him space to minister to you? Or are you just carnal, not sinful, not sinful, but just carnal, just naturally minded, I believe that the Lord is speaking to you today, and he wants a place in your heart where he can rest his word and teach you and bring you into revelation. Lift up your hands where you are. 
in the name of the Lord Jesus. May the Holy Spirit begin to whisper teachings, teachings that will bring you from glory to glory, that will elevate you from this level to the next. May this not be a wasted season, but may it be a fruitful season for you. May you find yourself more centered in God's will and God's plan for your life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. He continues, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. I'm at John 14, verses 25 to 27. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Do you realize that you could be protesting, angry, demanding justice, and still be at peace? Yes, you can. You can still be at peace. Why? Peace is not we're all getting along. That's not the kind of peace that Jesus was talking about. Peace is not we all like what's going on. That's not the peace that Jesus is talking about. This is the peace that he's talking about. When he says my peace, he's talking about a force that keeps you confident and still and strong in the midst of everything that is going around you. Keeps your mind centered, stable, and clear and sound in the midst of everything going around you. That's the kind of peace he's offering you. So while we say no justice, no peace, I get that. <laughs> I get that to, a, to an extent that is true. There should be no peace without justice because if there is no justice, there is no peace. J justice produces peace. So if you don't have justice, you can't have peace in the world, but you can have peace in your soul. You can have peace in your spirit, man. And that peace will drive you to cause peace to be in the justice system. That peace will drive you to cause justice in the justice system. That peace will cause you to create heaven on earth where it's lacking. But you first have to have it here. It may not be out here. It may not be all around you. And that's okay. That's the world we live in. But you cannot afford to live without it in here. And Jesus is saying something very simple. He says, peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. And how does the world give peace? The world gives peace temporarily, and it gives it superficially. A statement by a politician, maybe a law passed, maybe something and everybody's quieted down. Okay, okay, we, we, we have a victory. And hopefully laws are passed that, that, that help the people that are being oppressed. You know, uh, we know, we know the black and brown and the minority community historically in this nation have been oppressed. That's a, that's, that's a no-brainer. And so we thank God for laws. We thank God for civil rights movements. We thank God for the push for justice and equity. This is important. This is the gospel. This is what Jesus would want us to talk about. But while we're talking about it, what gives it force, what gives it power, what gives it legs is if you are at peace. You cannot produce peace if you don't have it on the inside. And I want to center you right now to where your peace is found. It's found in the presence of the peace giver, Jesus himself. I'm talking to you about his presence. 
I'm talking to you right now about his presence. You don't have to be chaotic. You don't have to be losing your mind. You don't have to be afraid. No, you can be at peace. And that's what I'm releasing over to you right now. Over your whole household, in the name of Jesus, may the peace of Jesus Christ be yours now. Some of you, you're afraid of the future, and it has nothing to do with what's going on. You have other personal things going on in your life, and you're afraid of what could be and what will be and how come it's not and when will it be and why is it this. Peace, come on, receive that right now. Would you lift up your hands? May the peace of the Lord, that, mm, that powerful peace that Jesus released on the earth, may it rest over your mind, may it rest over your body, may it rest over your family. In the name of the Lord Jesus, let not your heart be troubled. This is how he finishes off this verse. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I love that particular portion of Scripture because it reminds me that I have control over my heart. You have control over your heart. This is why he tells you, don't let it be troubled. You know, you can let your heart be troubled. How do, how, do, how do you let your heart be troubled? You feed it things that trouble it. You know the things that trouble your heart. You know the things that bother you. You know the things that, you know, you constantly dwell on that that's going to take you into a place of anxiety. Jesus says, don't do that. Guard your heart. Let not your heart be troubled. Again, he's talking to his disciples in context. He's telling them, I'm leaving. I'm leaving, right? You're not going to see me in the flesh for much longer, but he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Now, why would he say that? Because they're like, oh, no, Jesus, where are you going? What are you talking about? You're leaving. We, we, we just started. This has only been three years. He says, no, don't, don't let it be troubled. In fact, in another portion of Scripture, he says, it's to your advantage that I go. Because when I leave, the Holy Spirit will come. And he will, he, he will guide you into all truth. He'll navigate you through all the things that you don't know about yet. So, yeah, I'm leaving. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be troubled. And I want you to know right now, you have an opportunity to make a decision. Am I going to let my heart be troubled or not? I'm, I'm encouraging you today, child of God, don't let your heart be troubled in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's say that together. I will not let my heart be troubled. Come on, you need to say that to yourself. If you feel anxiety, if you feel fear, don't let your heart be troubled. So what do you, if you have to do this, if you have to put your hand on your heart and say, heart, you will not be troubled. The peace of Jesus that he gave, I receive. You will not be a trouble. He says, do not let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Man, that means afraid and troubled are two different things. Troubled is constant anxiety and, and just, you know, you, you could just be just anxious. You know, you're not necessarily afraid or terror, but you're just, your mind is busy. You're troubled. You know how when Jesus told Martha, he says, you're troubled about many things. She, that wasn't a moment of fear. He says, Martha, Martha, you're troubled about many things. That means her mind was cluttered. She was busy. She was here. She was there. Oh my God, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to fix this. We gotta da, 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 da. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't, don't fill your heart with so many things that you're not at peace. Come on. I want you to right now, let that, let that drain out. My peace I give to you. Sometimes, and, and this may sound new age, but it's not. Sometimes you got to take a deep breath and just breathe out. You know what? It's a reminder that God has given you life. Every time you take a breath, you're reminding yourself that you're alive. And think about it. 
isn't that what the end of trouble always spells? It spells death. The thing that we're troubled by and the things that we're afraid of, if you take it to its ultimate max, if you take it to its extreme measure, what's the end of it? Death. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, you may not be thinking physical death, but if you, if you compound your fears, and you say, okay, if this happened, then this would be, if this happened, if this happened, and, and you keep going, keep going, keep going. The, the worst that can happen and the most extreme measure is death. This is why what we need to do. Sometimes we got to take a deep breath and remind ourselves, I'm alive. You're alive, not only physically, but you're alive in the name of Jesus. You have eternal life in you. All things will work out for your good. Praise the Lord. That's a place to shout right there. <laughs> Amen. That's a place to lift up your hands and say, thank you. Thank you for your peace. I will not let my heart be troubled. Neither will I be afraid. Neither will I be afraid. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let me give you one more scripture that I believe will bless you. I'm talking to you about the presence of God. Guys, I woke up. I'm going to be honest with you this morning. I, I got a text and said, we have to do this live. <laughs> and um, I said, okay. I mean, I, was a little, I wasn't happy about it, but I sensed the presence of God in this, in, in this message. And I believe that the Lord wanted you to hear this, what you're hearing. So really take it. Take it to heart because the Lord is ministering to you. Luke 12, verses 11 and 12. This is Jesus preparing his disciples, and he's telling them there's going to be persecution coming. They're going to try to persecute you. They're going to try to, you know, make things difficult for you, and they're going to try to bring you to jail, and they're going to try to, you know, just threaten you. And he gives them some advice. He says, now, when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about what you should answer. And I think the Lord put this in my spirit this morning, and he showed me an image. Some of you, you haven't taken certain steps because you don't know what you're going to do once you get to that moment. And, and I'm going to just kind of compare that to this. Jesus is saying, you're going to be persecuted. They're going to bring you to prison. They're going to threaten your life. They're going to ask you hard questions. They're going to prosecute you. It might be an unfair trial. They're going to put a lot of pressure on you. Here's my advice to you, he's telling them. Don't worry about what you're going to say. Because think about it. What if you're being led to court and you, you're going to see the magistrate and you have to give an account? What will be going through your mind? What am I going to say? What's my defense? Who are my witnesses? Who, who, who are those going to say this and say that? He says, no, 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 no. Just take that out your mind. Don't even, don't even worry about what you're going to say. In a moment of pressure, in a moment where your life is at stake, I'm telling you, don't even think about it. And here's why. Because when you get to that moment, the Holy Spirit will give you the answer. He will show you what to say. This, this comforts me because thank God in America, presently, and I hope it always remains this way, we are not under religious persecution as we see in the book of Acts. So how do we relate to this? Well, we relate to this in our context. Other things that you may be afraid of and you're afraid to show up for because you don't know how you're going to answer. You don't know what you're going to say. You don't know how you're going to handle this situation. And here's my thing to you. If Jesus is saying, 
guys, don't worry about magistrates and judges and people who can throw you into prison and people who can persecute and take your life because in that moment, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say, I'm going to say it this way, how much more? How much more will the Holy Spirit share with you what to do and say in a moment that is not as critical? And maybe you might be in a moment that's critical like that. It doesn't matter. I love the fact that it's that extreme because if it's that extreme, you're covered. And if it's less extreme, you're covered. The Holy Spirit gives you the answer. You don't have to worry. So here's my admonishment to you. Don't delay. Don't make excuses because I don't have all the answers. Don't be a perfectionist. Don't say, oh, I'm not ready. I can't go forward. I believe in preparation. I do. I believe in working hard. I believe, I believe in being diligent. I do. But I also believe in the Holy Spirit giving you the answer in that moment. And I think and I know by the Spirit that there are things that you need to make decisions on, things you need to move on that you haven't because you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do once I get there. I don't know what I'm going to say once I'm in this situation. I don't know how this is going to pan out. And I hear the Lord saying, don't worry. The presence of the Lord is with you. Jesus, His Spirit, He is with you. And in that moment, He will tell you what to say. He will orchestrate the circumstances in your favor. He will work it out in that very same hour. That's the kind of God we serve. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. He's not distant. He's present. And He will be present when you go forward. This is what He says. Don't worry about what you're going to answer or what you should say for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. He's a teacher today and he's teaching you today. Open your ears to be teachable. Open your heart to be teachable. Thank you, Father, for teaching. Thank you, Lord, for demonstrating your presence with us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I just sensed the presence of the Lord here and I sense the Lord is now bringing you closer to things that he has called you to. It's time to make that step. It's time to move in those things that the Lord has given you. You've had enough dreams. You've had enough confirmations. You've had enough. Honestly, you've had enough. Now it's time to start moving forward. Well, I don't know this. I don't know this. How is this going to work? I'm not sure about this. Who's going to, who's going to, in that same hour, that's when the Holy Spirit will reveal to you your next step. Glory to God. We're living in interesting, dangerous, crazy, confusing times. But thank God, the Holy Spirit, He is our constant. He is the one who was present. He is the one who was leading. You know, I was sharing on my Facebook earlier this week. Um, uh, I forgot the exact status that I said, the, the exact post, but someone indicated they responded to it saying, oh, um, um, no, not now I remember. I was, I was saying how we should celebrate the wins, celebrate the wins. And one of the wins that uh, we can celebrate today is that all four officers were arrested. And I was making the point to say that this is just the beginning. We understand that. Um, and I brought this up to say, how do you sustain a long haul fight? How do, you, how do you sustain this? One, you need to celebrate when good things happen. If you don't, you'll just be in a constant tension. And so one individual responded how, and I said, thank you, Jesus, for that. And the person said, well, we believe that is the protesters that caused that to happen. And I said, well, don't, don't assume that protesters aren't motivated by God. 
Sometimes we look at protesters and we say, oh, that's not God. That's just man. No, a lot of it is God. A lot of it is man. <laughs> so I see God in everything, right? I see God. I can see God in everything. I'm not saying everything is God, but I can see God work. And I believe that God is working. And we celebrate what he's doing. He's working in your life. And he's, he's performing his best in this, in this season in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me wrap this up by inviting you, if you're watching me and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, this is your time to be saved. Don't live another day without the presence of God. You know, can I share my story really quick, very quickly? I gave my life to Jesus as a teenager. And the main reason why I gave my life to Jesus is because I didn't want to go to hell. <laughs> That's what was preached to me all my life. You better make it right, right? If you don't, you know, if you ain't right, you're going to get left. You don't turn or burn, you know. You know, you, you, I, I've heard it all. And I was scared, honestly. I was scared into salvation. Thank God. <laughs> because truthfully, that is real. There is a hereafter. And you will have to give an account for your life. But as I matured in Christ, I found different reasons to want to live for Jesus. I didn't stay in that place of fear. So I don't serve God now because I don't want to go to hell. I serve the Lord because he loves me. I sense his love. He's done so much in my life presently on earth. I, I really love him. I really love him. And I want to present that to you. I want to present that love of God to you because I believe that you may be watching and you don't know that love. Maybe you know the fear aspect, but do you know his love? Do you know his passionate love? That's real. And I want to invite you to receive him into your life today. It's very simple. All you need to do is say, Jesus, come into my life. Say that with me. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. Come into my life. Forgive me for my sins. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I receive you now. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, entered you, makes you a new person. You're a different person today. You are what the Bible calls born again. You may look the same, but you're different on the inside. Congratulations. Would you do me a favor? Send me an email at info at nylifechurch. You only have to type three words, and that is, I receive Jesus. That's it. If you could do that, info at nylifechurch.com. Info at nylifechurch.com. Just write, I received Jesus. What we'll do is we'll send you an email reply just encouraging you on how to walk and grow in this new relationship with Jesus. We want to congratulate you. We want to pray with you, pray for you. We're not going to spam you. We're not going to visit you at your house, but we're going to pray for you. We have a team that prays, and we want to pray for you. We want to encourage you and help you grow in your faith. So would you do that? Info at NY Life Church. I received Jesus. Just let us know that you did, and we will help you grow in Jesus' name. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give through our website at www.nylifechurch.com and click on the gift tab. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Go and live a purpose-driven life.